This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Hey, what's up? Welcome into episode 99 of Small Talk. Your two hosts are here, Michelle Smallman and Steve Cerruti. Cerruti, I know we're making a big deal out of episode 100, but the closer we get to 100 episodes, it just makes me feel nostalgic that we've been doing this for so long. So you said that you were listening back to our first episode. I haven't done it yet. I will before we record episode 100. And I already know I'm going to hate it because that's just who I am. And I'm going to be critical of the way I sound. I don't even really remember what we talked about. So I'm interested if any of our takes sound great with the benefit of hindsight or if they have failed miserably. I cannot wait to listen back to it. I'll do it this week and, and episode 100 should be really fun. So I was listening to it yesterday when I was driving. I got about halfway through and I will tell you this, Steve, I have and all time, and I mean all time, freezing cold take. Oh. And like the first 10 Is it a sports take? Or is it just a sports take? Okay, interesting. So it was, what, about a couple years ago at this point? When was the date? Here, let me tell you. Let me pull it Because I'm trying to think if there's anything, if I could get any clues by waste, you know, based on when it was. Like if it was around the Super Bowl or if it was, knowing you, it was probably something baseball related. So I don't know. No, it was not. It was not baseball related. It was May 3rd, 2018. So that would have been NBA playoff era. Do you want me to just give you a hint? Yes. It was a take about the NFL draft. Oh, the NFL draft. Okay. And that was 2018. Mm-hmm. So I'm bad with memory. So I'm trying to think. Who would have Can been taking tell you what it was? No, I want to be surprised. I want to be surprised. And honestly, everyone should go back and listen to the first one too so they can join along with us and reminiscing about it and probably making fun of us because that's what it's going to end up uh, boiling down to. I literally yelled at myself in the car and I was like, that was a bad take. Bad take. Hey, you got to own it. You know what? I still stood by what I said at the time. At the time, I think my thought process was correct. But um, yeah, things just did not play out the way that I think we thought they would with this particular take. You could make a decision and a take and have a take for all the right reasons, and it can just go wrong. And this doesn't mean you're an idiot. It doesn't mean you're dumb. I think guys that are in the media and girls that are in the media that have takes on things and are wrong, it's okay. That means you're going out on a limb. Just try not to be wrong all the time. There are some people in media that are wrong all the time, and they don't care about it. Like, you should try to be right. But if you're wrong, it doesn't mean that you're an idiot. It's okay. You live and you learn. Right. Injuries happen. Coaching changes happen. Luck happens. Yeah. I'm, I'm reading um, Three Nights in August right now, the Tony La Russa Buzz Bissinger book. And Tony La Russa, as we've talked about on this podcast. Is that the uh, BBC real quick? That's the, that's the BBC? Yeah. Nice. Yep. Good for you. The BBC. <laughs> Good for you. Did we rename it yet or no? Yeah. Now it's the Character and Smallman Book Club. So the hashtag okay. is KS Book Club. Um, okay. A little bit less weird. Yes. Good. Uh, and it says book club in it. So the B and the... BC cannot be confused for anything else. <laughs> All right, or I smart. guess the C. The C is what we're concerned about. Perfect example is you made a mistake. Hey, you live, you learn, you move on. It is what it is. And we all got a good laugh out of it. We did. But Tony LaRusso, who we've talked about on this podcast as being one of the great leaders of men in the sports world, talks about how almost all the success that he's had in his career, there was luck involved. Exactly. There's luck in everything. And, and, and most successful people, unless they're, you know, arrogant maniacs, will tell you that they've benefited from, although I do think that you you make your own luck in a lot of ways. I truly believe that. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a self-help Saruti over here and tell me like, <laughs> here's my list of seven things to be a successful person. But there's a reason that lucky people get lucky. It's because they work hard and they research things and they know what they're talking about. So yeah, luck does happen, but it's also because you're prepared. Read the seven habits of highly effective people. If we're talking about book clubs in general, that'll teach you about it. You make your own luck in a lot of ways. 
Well, you know what they say, Steve, luck is when hard work meets opportunity. There you go. You said it much better than I did. Exactly. We've done this for almost a hundred episodes and it's starting to freak me out how similar we are. I texted you while we were getting ready for the pod. I said, Hey, I'm running a little bit late. I need to make a coffee. It's kind of my pre-pod routine. And you were like, wait, I too am making coffee as my pre-pod routine. <laughs> there we go. Let's go. Just take a sip here real quick. So, because I'm bougie. Me, what's, in your, what's in your brew here? I'm bougie and fancy. Uh, I'm an espresso guy. So this is a hybrid latte cappuccino deal, a little bit of uh, foam milk in there, no big deal. I'm not one of those people that has to drink caffeine and coffee every day. So I don't. I just enjoy it for the taste. And I, I like a well-made one. And so Maddie and I got a espresso maker for our wedding. It was one of our registry gifts. And it's literally been one of the best purchases of my life. But I feel like I need a little pick me up today. Like I'm a little, I'm dragging a little bit. I didn't sleep super well last night. So I'm like, I'll make a coffee. And you texted me that literally as I was putting the coffee grinds in and making the entire thing, it was pretty wild. But yes, we actually are weirdly similar, which is why I'm excited to do our draft on the show, which is going to be a candy draft. And I have a list of 23 things of 23 candy bars, and we're going to draft 15 each. And I only did 23 because I kind of feel confident that you're not going to pick a lot of the ones that I have. We're similar in a lot of ways, but I don't know if food is necessarily one of them. I don't know. You're a classic sports food person, a hot dog at a ball game, a beer. You have this bougie, I think, <laughs> lifestyle that you, you know, I guess put out there. But I think at heart, you're a pretty like down to earth, salt of the earth, Midwestern girl. So I don't know. I feel like we actually do have similar food tastes. I don't know. It's interesting. You know how Beyonce is Beyonce, and then when she takes the stage, she's Sasha Fierce. Yes, which I don't understand where that came from, but yes. She's just Did she give that to herself? Yeah, she's just like a shy person by nature. And so she had to kind of get out of herself and out of her own head to be able to get on stage and perform in front of tens of thousands of people. And if she felt like it was her alter ego coming out to do it, that it was easier for her. And I feel like my bougie side is kind of my Sasha Fierce. My Beyonce, my everyday Michelle is Midwestern girl, beer and a hot dog at a baseball game, super easy, super chill. And then it seems like when I go on vacation, I turn into Sasha Fierce. I'm like, I want the oysters. I want the rosé. We're on the boat. Yes. It's just, it's a totally Probably on a boat scene. in Italy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just floating through Capri in the beautiful blue waters. No big deal. Do it for the yeah. gram. So would that mean that your alter ego name would be like Shelly Fierce? Is that what? You know what? You know what? We are really good <laughs> friends, but make no mistake. That is a line that you still cannot cross. Uh, I still love Shelly. I think Shelly is an incredible. I mean, it's not a it's great horrible. name. Apologies to any Shelly's listening, but that's the reason that I call you that. Because uh, it's, I mean, you're not a Shelly, but I love calling you Shelly. I don't know why. So I have an aunt Shelly. Her name is Michelle. We call her Shelly. Every aunt has to be named Shelly. If you're Shelly, you have to be an aunt. That's it. Has to be. And it fits her so well. She is a Shelly. But for some reason, it does not stick with me. It just doesn't sound right with me. And I have, my friends are all having kids. They have kids and they call me Aunt Michelle. And, oh man, I was really hoping it was Aunt Shelly. Uh, no, but my friends, Brittany and Patrick, their daughter, Victoria, love her. She calls me Aunt Michelle Michelle. She says my name twice. So that yeah, I love. My wife call, so my wife, Maddie, calls you Mish. Does anyone else call you that? Because I've always been like, nobody calls her that. So my roommate in college, one of my college roommates, Casey, my sorority sister, called me Misha sometimes. Misha? Like Misha that, Barton? I was just going to say, that was the way like heavy OC rotation when Love Misha was just in your stratosphere anyway. So she would call me Misha. Some of my friends from grade school and high school, when I was you know a young buck, would call me Shell. Because my, Steve, my screen name was Shell I Am. Like, <laughs> oh, yes. That is the, that is... 
Okay, that's really on brand for you. Us in general growing up in the early 2000s, which we've said many times, is an underrated weird decade to grow up in, the early 2000s. The best, but underratedly weird. And Shell I Am makes a ton of sense. What should be part of your like LinkedIn profile or whatever, but your Instagram or not your Instagram, your IM names, like your screen names, those should be public information. I want to know when I meet you, what your Instagram names were back in the day, because that tells you a lot about what person you're dealing with. Yeah. What was your aim name? What was the font that you used? And yep. what was your away message? Away message. Always some sort of weird emo lyric. Remember like just BRB? No, that's the dumbest thing ever to just put BRB. Some dudes would have BRB up there for like three days. That didn't make any sense. But, but so no, I would, serious. Exactly. Those are like, yeah, exactly. I was definitely like a music away message guy, like a lyric, uh, probably a John Mayer lyric, probably something from Continuum because I thought I was super cool and different and edgy, which I really wasn't <laughs> at all. But uh, definitely a big lyric guy. Wait, hang on. So you were doing AIM later in your adolescence because Continuum was like... Oh, five, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I was almost past the AIM stage in 05. We'll see if, you know, full transparency. I went to the great University of Illinois and my freshman year of college, which was 2005, is when we got the Facebook. Oh, NBD. I feel, yeah, we were one of the first public universities to get the Facebook. I will never forget going home for Thanksgiving break and saying to all my friends who went to other schools, like, do you guys have the Facebook? It is amazing. www.thefacebook.com. And when Facebook kind of ascended and people could post pictures and see what other people were doing, that was the new version of the away message mm-hmm. of AIM. I probably stopped using AIM 08, maybe. It was like a gradual slip. But when I finally was like, I don't, there's no point in me doing this anymore, it was like mm-hmm. probably 08. So, and I remember Facebook. I had Facebook the end of my senior year in high school, which would have been 2006. Because at that point, I think you needed a college email. You, all you needed was yeah. a college email at that point. Like right. there weren't select schools or whatever. So as soon as I got my Quinnipiac email address, I'm like, boom, hop it on the Facebook. And everyone's like, oh, Facebook <laughs> me. And as we come full circle here, Facebook is a disaster. So it's, right. it's not exactly something you want to do. But back then, oh my God. Because that was the transition from MySpace too, by the way. Which speaking of things that you should know about people, I want to know who was in your top eight on MySpace and what your background song was. Because that also tells you a lot about a person. Um, I'm going to reveal something to you that may shock you. I was never on MySpace. Wow, you missed out. Why? Why? So why did you go? Why did you get Facebook and not MySpace? So I went straight from AIM to Facebook. But those aren't similar things. They're not. That's weird. Did anyone you know have MySpace? Was MySpace not a Midwest thing? Like, what's the deal? I think it was a Midwest thing, but I think it was kind of the generation above me. You also have to think, Steve, I was so sheltered. I was just little Midwest Michelle, went to Catholic school. I mean, I had to ask permission to get on the internet. And my dad would be like, okay, 30 minutes, talk to your friends on AIM, and then I need it. We got to make phone calls. That's true. That's true. That was actually a pretty big deterrent is being like, okay, if you're on the internet, no one can make a phone call. No one could do anything else. If I was my parents now, I'd be like, you're never using the internet. I'm on the internet now all the time. Kindly. If you want the internet, go buy your own internet. I don't know if I've ever told this story on the pod. So if I have apologies, but if not, this is one of my great all time Michelle got in trouble stories. I was spending the night at a girlfriend's house and this Uh was when I had gotten a cell phone. My, my, I believe it was my freshman year of high school was my first cell phone. It was a brick. It was a Nokia. Brent flip phone. I wasn't cool. Nokia and I didn't have snake and everyone plays snake on their Nokia. Damn it. And then all my friends got the razor and I never had the razor. I never had the, I never had the cool phone, but I got a cell phone and it was for emergency purposes only, only to contact my parents if and when I went out. So my parents knew that I was kind of partying and, you know, 
rebelling a little. And my, I said, I'm going over to my friend's house to spend the night. And my dad's like, cool, before you go to bed, call me on the landline so that I can check the caller ID and confirm that you're there. Oh, I wow. was like, damn it. Savvy move by a dad right there. Such a dad move. And I was like, damn it. So my friend had a cool basement set up, but it had a walkout situation. So we thought about this and we're like, all right, we're going to this party tonight because her parents are out of town. Are her, you know, how do I figure this out? So what we did was we, or her parents were there, but they were going out and then coming back. So we had this window where we could sneak out. So what we did was we put the cordless phone in a bush outside of the house near the basement. And we went to the party, had a good time, drove back to her house. We parked down the street. I super sneakily army crawled to the bush, called my dad. It was like, hey, we're going to bed. Love you. Good night. And he's like, all right, I'll come pick you up tomorrow, whatever. So hang up, army crawl back, get in the car, go back to the party. I'm at the party. We're playing flip cup or whatever it is that we're doing. And I accidentally butt dialed my dad for my cell phone. And he hears, oh my God, Michelle. He, he hears the party going on. And all of a sudden I feel my phone going off and I'm like, what? I'm like, why is my, oh shit, why is my dad calling me? So I run to the bathroom. I'm like, hello, pretend I'm asleep. And he's like, Michelle, where are you? I was like, I'm at Casey's house. Like, what are you talking about? And he goes, call me from her landline so that I can see on the car ID where you are. And I was like, I can't hurt dad. She's in the internet. (laughs) Did he buy it? He goes, if you were sleeping, how would you know her dad's using the internet? Uh, Excellent question. I I was like, I just know he is. I don't want to go upstairs. And he goes, you know, you butt dialed me. I heard the party and I hope you have a great time tonight because you are going to be grounded for so long when you come back. I was like, son of a bitch. You know what's funny too is butt dialing was, the idea of butt dialing is so funny because it can't really happen anymore. Although somehow my mom manages to do it, which I have no idea because it's a touchscreen phone. It's like, how do you do that if it's in your purse? Anyway, right. rant over. But butt dialing people was one of the scariest things that you could possibly do back in like Nokia phone days because it was... I mean, who knows? You could just eavesdrop on any conversation. You have no idea what was going on. It's, in, it's insane. No doubt. And mine was a flip phone and it was in my bag or something. It wasn't even a, a true and it, butt dial. And it opened up and dialed. Well, knowing me, I was probably like drinking a Bud Light and I just threw it in there and That's like true. haphazardly threw it open. But um, Shelly BLs. This is like your friend's older brother has a 30 of Bud Light that his friends didn't drink and you have slowly squirreled them into your spend the night bag. Did you ever throw a party at your house when you were in high school? I mean, probably not because I feel like you would be scared to death of your dad, but did you ever? Because I, I ne- did. I never told you the story. I don't know. Okay. I'll make this one brief so that this pod doesn't become a trip down memory lane from Charles <laughs> High School. Cool. Days. You guys went to high school. You drank in high school. Cool. Yeah, cool. I remember my first beer. <laughs> and again, preface, if you're in high school, do not drink. Yep. You're not age. It is not worth it. Wait till you hear this. So I was grounded when I, you know, butt dialed my dad. I was grounded for like a month and a half. My dad did not play. So my dad had a few rules, a few pretty strict rules. And one of the rules was no parties at the house ever. Pretty, yep. Pretty good rule. Yep. Pretty good rule. And, um... I was really afraid of my dad, still am. My dad looks at me sideways and I'm like, I'm sorry, my bad. And I'm in my 30s. But anyway, my dad, no parties at the house. So my parents went on vacation for 4th of July weekend, my junior year in high school. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have some of my friends over. We'll kick it. It'll be super low key. No big deal. It was like, can't hardly wait. Literally 10 turns into 50, turns into 200, turns into 250. There's people 
everywhere. The music, nobody, pl- nobody plays it cool. Nobody can nobody play it cool can and keep it on the DL. Cool. They got to tell one friend who does another friend. And soon you're exactly like five people turns into 50. And you're like, what the hell is happening right now? hundred percent. And there's three high schools in my hometown, two public high schools. And I went to the, pri- the Catholic high school. So it's all these kids from my high school. And then all these kids, I'm like, I don't even know who these kids are. They went to East or West or whatever. I got on my back deck. There's a dude doing backflips off my back patio into the As lawn. And so I start crying and I'm like, my house is destroyed. My dad is going to kill me with his bare hands. So my high school boyfriend helps me clear everybody out. All my guy friends help clear everybody out. And then just my squad kind of stays there and, and spends the night but it was a rager of a party so then I wake up the next morning and the house is destroyed and I'm like my parents are going to be home in like 12 hours what are we going to do so the entire crew mobilizes the girls go out we rent a rug doctor and we start cleaning the carpet because my parents had white carpet I go everywhere Febreze everywhere so I'm like what what are all these stains on the carpet? The guy who was back flipping off the deck had actually shaken the deck and the paint had been chipping off of the deck and it stuck to people's shoes and it got inside the house. So my guy friends are like, okay, the deck was destroyed. They're like, we're going to repaint the deck. So they repainted in the July St. Louis heat. If you're from St. Louis, you know how good of friends these are. Repainted my parents' deck. So the house is sparkling. My friends leave. I think, okay, I might be able to get away with this. So my parents come home and I'm like, hey guys, how was your trip? And my mom's like, oh my God, the house is beautiful. Michelle. <laughs> You shouldn't have. I really miss you guys. And I wanted to do something so sweet for you. And so in my mind being like, I cannot believe that you got away with this. And then my dad, my dad goes outside and he's like, did you paint the deck? And I'm like, surprise. (laughs) Another surprise. It's like, it's a different color. Was it a different color? Oh my God. (laughs) It was close, but no cigar. And my dad's like, no, 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 no. There is no way that you as a surprise to be sweet would have painted the deck. And I was like, no dad, I I cleaned the house for mom. I wanted to do something nice for you. And he was like, what'd you do? Did you have a party? And I can't lie. I mean, ask anybody in my family, any friends I have, I cannot lie to save my life. And so I immediately broke down. I was like, I just want to have friends over and ended up being this huge thing. And he was like, cool, cool. You're grounded. I was grounded a lot. It sounds like it, but I mean, like your dad is like a pretty straightforward guy. I've never met your dad, but he just seems like a pretty straightforward, no nonsense guy. And with you being a terrible liar, he seems like the ultimate dad. His BS radar is off the charts off the charts all he has to do is kind of look at me sideways and i'm like i'm sorry i didn't mean to yeah but i feel like if you have kids steve you have a a bs radar you have a no-nonsense radar if your kid is lying to you you're gonna sniff it out in five seconds yeah i think when you become a dad and listen i don't have any obviously personal experience yet but it's almost like a flip switches where you all of a sudden just start wearing weird air monarch shoes and you start telling (laughs) dad jokes and you just have a bs meter and you probably don't you know it's almost like a cool thing because you kind of have like a zero fucks sort of meter too where you're like i don't really care anymore i'm a dad i don't have to put up with your bs so i'm kind of excited to do that one day although not right now we got time we got time but i am i think being a dad especially if you're having a daughter especially you as an only child i could imagine whenever you're daughter brings a dude home it would be fun intimidating the guy coming home i think that would be a fun experience to be like i'm gonna just mess with this guy so much even if you like him just because it's your daughter so there are a ton of things about being a dad that i find really cool as i said we got plenty of time before that happens but um i'm all about dad life i'm welcoming dad life in the future 
you would be an awesome dad for so many reasons, but I do think your BS meter and your I'm going to mess with you meter is going to be off the charts great. Yeah. And by the way, the first time I brought a guy home, my dad made him cry. He was awful. Oh, and I was mortified. I'm like, dad, it was, you know, it was the 10th degree. It was my dad. It was my uncle. It was an older family friend and they're grilling him. And he's like, I'm 14. <laughs> yeah. I just like, I just came from baseball practice. I don't know what your what, what the deal is. We haven't even like, kissed each other. <laughs> yeah, he's just like awkwardly staring the entire time, and the guy's completely uncomfortable. I I will say this: I dated the girl I dated in high school. Her dad, before I went over to her house and met them and all this stuff, there was like, this reputation that he was like, this really tough dude. And I, I remember several guys, and she had an older sister, so all these guys would be like, "Dude, like, her dad is pretty intense. Just wait." And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm freaking myself out. I'm like, what am I going to say? Like, be cool. Don't make any sudden moves. Don't say anything stupid at the table, whatever. And it ends up the guy was totally cool, but he put out that image because he wanted people to know that we're potentially going to date his daughter, that he was this big hardo. And it's actually really smart. So that is exactly my game plan too, which is like act like this massive hardo, but actually be a really cool guy. If the guy is somebody that you want your daughter dating. That is the play. Put out the vibe make the boyfriend feel comfortable, but let him know that the beast lives within. Yeah, like you can, you know, flip a switch where like, if you don't want to see that, you don't want to see that happen. But I just like the idea that half of the high school knew the reputation of this dad being like a complete hardo to his two daughters. That's like next level dad skill right there. Can you imagine if you have a daughter and then all the dudes at, you know, Glastonbury High or wherever your kids are going to go to school are going to be like, oh my God, Mr. Saruti is such a hard ass. You do not yes. want to go over there. <laughs> he like makes us do chores and he's not fun. <laughs> yeah, he, like, that's who I want to be. That is what I strive to be. So I got a lot of practice time in here in between then. But uh, I'll say this too. I threw a similar situation. I threw a yeah. party in high school when, and it was the same thing. Like I invited like five to 10 friends and all of a sudden 50 turns later. And I had been drinking, so I didn't really realize how big of a deal it was. And I'll always remember this. My friend Pat is kind of like the mom slash dad of the group and was very concerned. And he just starts throwing people out of my house. And he's like, Mr. Shruti, Mrs. Shruti will not appreciate this. He basically was as angry as I should have been, even though I couldn't have been at the time. And it's just kicking people left. Cause at that point, you don't even really know some of the people that are even at your house. And oh, like, I know, he, it's the worst. he stepped up and was like basically the bouncer for my parents' house at age 16. It was like, nope, everybody's out. Everybody's out. And it was like, honestly, to this day, I'm like, Pat, you're the man, dude. Way to lay the hammer down, way to enforce it. Because I wasn't going to do it. I was just playing beer pong in the basement trying to have a good time. So first of all, shout out Pat, obviously. Secondly, I feel like your dad put out that big dad energy to where Pat, even though he was drinking and having fun with his friends, was concerned that Mr. Saruti was going to be pissed. My dad's not as much of a a disciplinarian as your dad though. My dad was, I think he kind of knew some stuff that was going on. And as long as we didn't get in trouble, he was sort of okay with it. For example, I had been slowly taking beers out of the fridge to go to different parties for probably, I don't know, junior and senior year of high school, right? So he was probably wondering why there were like six Amstel lights missing at any given time from the mini fridge. Um, so he pr he's a smart guy. He probably knew what was going on. But he Amstel also like- Amstel light, Steve. Amstel I, light. I was the only high schooler in the country drinking Amstel light at that time. True story. I wasn't drinking Keystone, Bush, whatever, Bud Light even. I was drinking Amstel's. What's up? But I think he understood what was going on because you couldn't not like how would he, six beers just disappear from your fridge. You would notice that at any given time. Totally. But he was kind of like, as long as you don't really get in trouble, I trust you. You're a responsible kid. But if I ever screwed up, that's when you didn't want to piss my dad off. Like that's when things went down. So there was always kind of that background fear if you really screwed up for the, for the most part, like little things that he would let it fly. It wasn't a big deal. We had um, my dad, the basement was his domain. So his friend built him the sports bar. And kids. 
Oh my God. We had NBA jam, like the stand-up one. We had golden tea. We had bubble hockey. We had a uh, foosball when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa went on the home run chase. My dad commissioned someone to paint a mural of McGuire <laughs> hitting number 70. I mean, there's sports stuff everywhere, but the bar is the centerpiece. And, um, I think maybe it was after I had graduated college because my parents used to do a big Christmas party every year. And then that kind of dwindled off um, because it, again, kind of got too big and they were just like, this is a lot of work and it's not super fun for us anymore. But I think it was kind of at a Christmas party situation when my parents realized, wait, why are all these vodka bottles filled with water? Yep. And it's because for years I would come home from college and be transferring, you know, doing the mixture. Okay, how can I get all this vodka into these individual water bottles and then get the water back into the vodka bottles? And oh, they'll never know. Yeah, the game plan there was hopefully you're just 21 when they figure that out, right? Like, right. oh, so well, yeah, it happened, but you know, you're 21. So it's like, what's the? Uh, it's like due process, right? Is that what? I'm, is that what I'm thinking? Due process is sort of like, you know, no, it's a statute of limitations. I'm sorry, statute of limitations had expired on your on your mixing water with alcohol. So there's really not much that they could do at that point. Also, it's kind of like double jeopardy. Shout out Ashley Judd, where if I've already gotten in trouble for drinking. You can't years later come back and be mad that the vodka is now filled with water. I did that six years ago. Yeah, that's a good point. Let lawyer Michelle in high school sitting there making it, pleading her case for not to get grounded for like the fifth week in a row. Yeah, I'm like, for the love of God, I've been grounded for, a, I probably was grounded, Steve, until I was out of my parents' house, which was what, college? After I graduated college, that's I wasn't crazy. going back there anymore. Yeah, think about it. You're in your parents' house at su in some form or fashion for about 21 years. Uh, I would say an entire year of my life, cumulative, I was grounded. I don't even really ever remember being grounded. To be honest with you, yeah. Which nice, is funny. Dude. My parents are like the pa the parents in Mean Girls when like they, even then when they ground you, they're like, wait, she's not supposed to leave the house. That's what's grounded is. That's what my parents were like. My parents probably wanted us to leave the house because they're like, all right, we need it's a must time. You guys are way too much in our space. Whereas you, an only child, you were their precious child. You were basically held up, and they didn't want you doing any weird situations or whatever, going to parties or hanging out with people. Whereas me, I was the oldest, and by the time my youngest sister was through, they were just like, yeah, I don't know, figure it out. We trust you. It's not a big deal. So no one really in my house got grounded at all. I have a lot of friends that came from three to four children households and I would always go over there because their parents were just like, leave us alone <laughs> for the love of God. Just go in the basement, <laughs> leave us alone on a Friday night so that we can sit up here and have some wine and just be away from you guys. Yeah. Whereas we went to my house and my mom was like, I've made a million snacks. Let's go to Blockbuster. You guys can rent whatever movie you like. Cause yeah, it was only me all the time, but. But I've know. always said you don't have the only child characteristics. You don't act like an only child. I never, ever in a million years would have thought you were an only child when I met you. Never. Because there are some weird characteristics from only children that sort of, they're a little bit more needy. You know what I mean? Like you aren't that way at all. So you are bucking the trend for all only children everywhere, anywhere. It's 2020, Steve. So stop generalizing. That's a good Not point. All you know only what? children suck. You know what? I'll ground myself. I'll put myself in timeout for that one. That's my bad. I do have one characteristic that is very only child of me. I dated a guy and he used to call it OCS. He would say it's my only child syndrome when that would come out. And I was like, fair, totally fair. I grew up with all my cousins. You know, we did Sunday dinner. We were together all yeah. the time. So it never, it's kind of like I lived the best of both worlds because it felt like I had siblings. But then when they were annoying me, I was like, bye. Like, you get out of here. Room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, get, yeah. I have my own room and can play with all these toys when you leave. See you later. Um, but my only, and you tell me if you think this is even that bad. My only, only child syndrome issue is that there's certain people that if I call you and you don't pick up, I'm like, what could you possibly be doing that you don't pick? Like if I call my dad and he doesn't pick up, I'm like, 
what are you doing <laughs> that you cannot answer the phone right now? When I was dating my boyfriend, I would call him and he wouldn't pick up and I would be like, where, where are you? Like, what is going on? And he'd be like, I'm at work, you psychopath. Calm down. Wait, why is that an only child thing though? I feel like that's just trust issues. That's all that is. I don't know. I guess because I was the center of everyone's world oh, for okay. so long yeah. that I was at, you know, they were kind of at my beck and call once I got to be... Everyone needed to be available for Michelle at all times. (laughs) Yeah. What could possibly be more important than taking my phone call right now to gossip about something? Exactly. Well, it was one of those things where, you know, by the time I had a cell phone, it was either high school, but I wasn't really using it until college. So I feel like when I was away at college, if I would call my parents, we had kind of like a scheduled time. I would call them. They're picking up every time. Mm -hmm. And now I I still see my family all the time and talk to them all the time. But it's like, if I'm calling them, it's because I need something. And so I'd still very deeply buried in my only child head that if I'm calling you and it's an emergency, what could possibly be more important? As if like telepathically they should have known. And now if I'm on the phone for more than 30 seconds at a time, I literally am just like, what the hell is going on here? Like, we, <laughs> we, I'm hanging up because I can't deal with it. The only, as I said, the only person that I, I talk on the phone with for more than 30 seconds is Rosillo. And those are different conversations. But even like my mom, I'm in and out. Like, if we're having a conversation on the phone, what's the point? Get to it quickly. What's the solution? Get out. And if it's more than 30 seconds, I've lost interest altogether. So I want to explore this a little deeper. What do you think it is about your relationship with Ryan that you can be on the phone with him longer than anyone else on planet Earth? Because <sighs> we, you are not a phone guy. He is a phone guy, but you don't mind talking to him on the phone. You and I don't talk on the phone, but we could. I mean, we're essentially talking on the phone right now. So it's like totally. the same thing. It's like bitching and complaining about things, about mm-hmm. stuff. And I think we sort of see eye to eye in a lot of that as you and I do like we just kind of see and complain about the same things I don't know we're like miserable together on the phone and that works but if it's like hey Brian called me and said hey I want you to do this that conversation wouldn't last more than 30 seconds but it's usually just you know do you see this oh yeah that's stupid and then a half an hour goes by and that's what our conversation is Oh, so you guys get in like a misery vortex together. Yeah, it's probably a little bit therapeutic in a way because it's just, it, it is actually kind of therapeutic in a way. And you and I do that too. So I guess I should say, because even though we don't call each other, I don't know, it's like therapeutically complaining about just life situations and things that are going on and like people that we are annoyed by or social media things are like, did you see that stupid tweet? Yes, okay, yeah. And we yeah. do that a lot. We're very judgy. It's okay. So Ryan and I are very judgy. You and I are very judgy. That's just how it is. We, uh, we align on our judgmental nature. Okay, well, speaking of Rosillo and speaking of judgment, I need to reveal something to you. Okay. I recently got a personal trainer. Yes. And... That's dope. Yeah, it is. His name is Paul. Shout out, Paul. Shout out, Paul. And Paul, you know, is asking me about my diet, about my workout routine. And so we're going through what I eat in a day. And he's like, okay, so what are you eating for protein? And I'm like, I mean, I don't know. Nothing. I was like, I put collagen protein in my coffee. Does that count? And he's like, you need to be eating more protein. So he's got me on this protein regimen, Steve, where I'm drinking protein powder. I'm mixing it in water. I'm scarfing down chicken all the time. And I'm like, is this what dudes feel like all the time? Counting your protein and worrying about your gains? Well, are you eating chicken and rice every two hours? Because if so, then yes. That's what the Rosillos of the world and, you know, anyone who's trying to bulk up. I would imagine you're not trying to bulk up. So I'm very confused with the protein thing because I don't consume a lot of protein. In fact, I hate protein powder. I think it tastes disgusting. I've had multiple kinds of it. I think it tastes chalky and gross and I don't put it in anything. But why are you taking in protein? I don't get it. Is it like meal replacement? I know nothing about nutrition. I really don't. I don't really work out a ton. I have, as I said, I have a very low caloric intake. So Paul, you could tell me I'm probably doing it all wrong but I am not a protein guy, especially powder protein. 
So this powder protein that he led me to tastes like Lucky Charms. It's amazing. Shout out to Supplement Superstore. What do you put it in? Water. I just shake it up in water. It tastes like Lucky Charms water. No, no, trust me. It tastes so good. It tastes amazing. And it doesn't taste like protein or feel like protein, but I'm probably getting this wrong. So to all of our very fit friends out there that are listening, I'm sorry. But Paul, I told Paul, I was like, you can tell me how to do this and how it works. And I'm going to basically not pay attention. I'm an A plus student. Just tell me what to do and I will execute it. And he was like, fair enough, but I still need to walk you through all this. So basically it's about building muscle and eliminating fat mass. And if you're eating and consuming protein throughout the day, your metabolism stays steady. Because my problem is, is I get up really early to do the show. And there are some days that I don't have anything in my system until like 2, 3 p.m., Mm -hmm. except for coffee and water. You're basically like accidentally, intermittently fasting. Yeah. Right. But not in a healthy way. For instance, I will wake up, have a cup of coffee, do my reading for the show. I'm sure literally no one cares about this, but just for context. (laughs) I actually think people probably do, but... So, because what I'm learning is that I am the only person on planet earth that has not been counting my calories and, or worrying about my protein intake. I mean, I'm in the same boat as you, so I don't know. Paul, tell me, I guess we're both doing it wrong. Yeah, clearly, Steve, we are. But... I would make another cup of coffee, go do the show. That's three hours. And then I would drink coffee and water during the show and then go to a workout class at 11. So I'm not getting home until noon. And then I would shower. Sometimes I would have to run to a meeting or work on something. And then it would be like two, three o'clock. And I'm like, wait, I am ravenous. What is going on? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's not good. So let's just meal prep and plan things throughout the day. So Steve, I'm just kind of giving you the heads up that I'm going to be so physically fit and- (laughs) You're not even going to know what to do. The next time you see me in person, you're going to be like, wow, are you a professional athlete? Because you look amazing. And I'm going to be the other. I'm going to, I'm like this small, frail guy who doesn't need any protein and who doesn't really work out. Van Pelt back in the day used to refer to himself as skinny fat. And I don't think I'm skinny fat, but I'm, I'm skinny, but I'm not, I don't think I'm healthy in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? I'm just genetically skinny and I don't eat a lot of, I don't count my calories, but I know my caloric intake is really low. I just don't have a massive appetite, which is weird for me being an Italian. Totally. I don't know. I've just never been interested in counting my calories and figuring it out and being that protein guy. And then meal prep. I mean, I'm just not. Meal prep, that's like a whole other lifestyle. That's like the CrossFit lifestyle. I feel like that's the kind of person I don't want to be. No, no, we're not CrossFitting over here. You know how I feel about that. But I'm the same way though. I cannot train and go outside and run a half marathon. I'm sneaky athletic, but that doesn't mean that you're in great shape Mm -hmm. per se. Yeah. Running is weird. People can run a long distance, like 5Ks and be in bad shape. It's actually kind of wild. Well, 5K is not that long of a distance. All right, that's true. 3.15 miles. All right, because I don't want to say you could run a half marathon and not be in shape. You'd have to be in decent shape to run a half marathon. But Running in a way, you can just kind of get in a groove, and I feel like it's more mental than physical. 100%. I get, I get bored running. It's not that I get tired running. I'm like, oh, cool. I don't really want to listen to this podcast, and like, all right, I'm just like running up and down these streets. I'd much rather run on a treadmill than outside. I'm probably in the minority there, but yeah. it's more for me boredom than it is being tired physically. Well, since I now have a regimen of what I'm going to do, should I share it with you, and you can try and do my fitness journey with me? What? Yeah, that's actually a good call. What we should do is we should do the exact same thing, eat similar foods, do the same workouts, and then see whose gains, and I'm doing that in air quotes, are more by the end of our like, trial period. Because it's okay. probably, probably going to be you. Well, he asked me, he's like, what is goals for you? Like, what do you want to get out of this? And I was like, well, I want to be toned 
and I want to be stronger because he handed me a 15 pound weight to do squats. And I was like, this is too heavy. I can't do this. He's like, it's, it's 15 pounds. And I was like, I cannot do it. I, Wait, I can barely were you holding them? You're holding them by your side. And, and I was and doing, doing it like, like in the middle, oh, two hands. One 15 pound. Okay. Yeah. Wow, one not- 15 pound dumbbell. I was like, she, he was like, what are you doing at the gym now? I was like the eights. And he was like, no, 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 we're going to change this. Michelle, not, not winning very many bodybuilding uh, competitions no. or weightlifting competitions anytime soon. That's okay. You don't need to lift a lot. I would imagine it was more than 15 pounds for you, but I guess not. No, I mean, Steve, I am, again, I'm sneaky athletic, but I'm not strong. I'm not fit. I am not in good shape, as one would say. And I feel like <laughs> quarantine just really disrupted everything. And can I tell you something super embarrassing? Uh-oh. So I'm at the gym. I'm with Paul. We're doing my workout. And he hands me the 15 pound weight and I'm totally complaining about it. And I'm like, this is too heavy. I can't do it. We need to do something else. And we're talking about, and then a former blues player comes up to me. He's like, Hey, Michelle. Oh my God. What's going on? How are you? A guy used to cover. And I was like, Hey, just putting the 15 back and grabbing the 50. Don't worry about me. And I'm like, this guy's <laughs> probably walking away being like, she works in sports and she can't even hold 15 pounds. And I was like, yeah, I know. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Yeah. But it's not all about how much you lift. I have always maintained this and I will die on this hill for as long as I live. People who lift a lot of weights, people that are physically strong, like can bench press, whatever, that doesn't mean you're a good athlete. That just means you're a good weightlifter. My biggest test of whether or not a person is an okay athlete is if they go on a basketball court and they don't embarrass themselves. If you can be on a basketball court, play five on five, and not look like you don't belong, you're a good athlete. But I've seen plenty of guys, plenty of guys that are ripped and come in there with like a cutoff shirt on. Every muscle is bulging. And when they get on a basketball court, they have no idea what to do. Physically, they can't run. They don't know how to shoot a basketball. They don't know how to do a layup. They don't know how to play any defense. And to me, you need to be a good athlete. You need to be able to play a sport. You need to be able to do something like that. Weightlifting does not make you a good athlete. No, but I think, especially now, guys are living in the Instagram world where it's not about your skill as an athlete. It's literally how big are my arms? What does my body look like? Not baseball players though, right? I would argue baseball players, and this is your sport, are probably the least athletic athletes in all major sports. I don't even know if that's debatable. Well, you remember the Red Sox thing a, a couple years back, chicken and beer? Chicken and beer, exactly. And didn't they win the World Series? <laughs> What's happening? I mean, have you seen Pablo Sandoval? Like, I mean, listen, do you. I, he looks fine to me. He's a really good player. Probably got overpaid, if I remember correctly. But, I mean, David Wells, anybody see CeCe Sabathia? I'm just saying. Mm, CeCe whittled down. Okay, he lost some weight. That's fair. But you see the big guys in the NFL, like the offensive and defensive linemen. Those guys are good athletes. Those guys can run around, they can jump high. They're not just big, they are good athletes. They're 6'5", whatever, basically Michelle's exact type. Athletic, I don't even know what the term, what was it? Uh, Attractive. uh, Attractive, but they're not really fat. I guess they technically are, but those dudes are good athletes. Whereas I look at like a David Wells or a Prime CC Sabathia or somebody, Bartolo Colon, and I go, this guy, this guy, (laughs) come on now. If you saw Bartolo Colon out and you didn't know who he was and you're kicking it with him and he came up to him and was like, I'm a professional athlete, you'd be like, you're lying. Do you remember Gus? Obviously, you remember Gus. Our guy Gus, when we went to Miami to meet Sedano, he was oh, like our favorite course. person of all time. He and Bartolo Colon have a lot of similarities. They're both big sexy. And I would never think, I love Gus. Gus, if you listen to the pod, you're my man and I can't wait to see you again in the future. <laughs> but no one would mistake Gus for a professional athlete. No one. 
<laughs> so I just want to really reveal this to everyone. Steve and I hung out with this guy, Gus, one time once and he is now essentially part of our family we haven't spoken to him since that time we hung out doesn't matter but we would do anything for gus we love gus and really steve we should approach our lives now wwgd what would gus do because i want to be such a legend that people hang out with me one time and they still talk about me three years later mm -hmm. and say i would do anything for michelle she was such a good time that if she called me up right now i would drop everything to hang out with her that's you what i want to be yes and you know what wwgd uh, what would gus do you know what that is order gray goose bottle service wherever you are that's what living gus life is like yeah, I don't know if I have the capital to live the Gus life, <laughs> no, but I just I just want to capture the essence of Gus. Yeah, you know what we'll do? We'll steal Grey Goose and put it in water bottles. That's us living the Gus life. Honestly, I would be like, uh, we're not ordering bottle service. The bottle service is me pulling it out of my purse. Yep, exactly. What's up? But uh, What's no, up? Gus, legend. But again, no one would mistake Gus for a professional athlete. So I feel like that's not really a hot take, but baseball players, of all the major sports, probably not the best athletes. Great transition, Steve, because I have some Colton Wong fun facts. Yes, <laughs> my boy. Speaking of baseball players, now I'm going to make this quick because we're already running low on time and we need to get to the candy draft. Mm -hmm. We are doing a candy draft today. So here are my two fun facts for you, Steve. Okay. So you are going to watch the first game of the season this year. I just want you to be aware that last year, opening day, Colton Wong hit a two-run home run in his first at-bat of the season versus the Brewers. I mean, the legend grows. He's a hot starter. Everybody knows that about Colton. Everybody knows that about Colton. <laughs> so I just want to, you know, I don't want to put that pressure on him that he needs to deliver on the first game of the season, but I do want to build your excitement that the yeah. possibility is there. But you know what? Colton thrives under pressure. So you know, it doesn't even matter if we put pressure on him. He thrives under pressure. So we know that Colton has the power. We talked about the home run. Did you know that he also led the major league in bunts with 11? Get a man and, who can do both. <laughs> That's oh, what I'm don't saying. worry. We're talking complete player here, Steve, because on defense, we know he's a gold glove second baseman. He had 14 defensive run saves. That was his rating, best in the major leagues among second baseman last year. So Colton Wong's got the power. We know he can play small ball. We know he's got the speed, and we know he's got the defense. And he's got a great tattoo. As I said, Colton Wong, the legend grows every single day. I love the facts because it. I know you know me well, but you've done a really good job picking out who my player should be. When, by the way, when is opening day? When am I? When do I have to prepare to watch? Because I feel like I need to emotionally prepare myself to be super bored. Except when Colton Wong is that bad. You're not going to be bored, Steve. And I want to make sure I get the date and the time right here. Okay, so we are looking at. I know it's versus the Pirates, and I believe it's the 24th. Yep. Okay. So, Steve, put this in your calendar. Okay. Well, let's do it. If you want a bonus game, they <laughs> are playing. The Royals in an exhibition game on the 22nd. But we are, oh my gosh, we're nine days away. July 24th, it's a Friday. So your Friday night is accounted for. It's going to be lit. Let's go. <laughs> Nothing I want to do more on a Friday night than sit down and watch some baseball. I'm Let's go. You what, your next Friday night is going to be off the chain. So we're playing the Pirates. I say we because you're a Cardinals fan. Now. Obviously, yep. And it's 7.15 Central, so 8.15 Eastern. Settle in, get a little beer working, maybe a snack. I'll make maybe, some hot dogs. You know what? Maybe see a protein-heavy snack, and you can mm. watch the baseball. That's right. Paul, send me some baseball sports-friendly things that I could eat that are protein-packed, because apparently I need to keep up on the diet with you, because uh, you, both you and my wife, Maddie, are like, you need to figure some stuff out, because I don't really, I go through phases where I work out, where like I'll, I'll do a couple things here and there, literally in the room that I'm doing this from, this is our multi-purpose room, but it's nothing big, because I'm working out with Maddie's 15-pound pink waist that we got at Target, 
So it's not like I'm sitting here bench pressing a ton of stuff. Now, listen, I do a lot of reps, NBD, but I'm not a big workout guy. So Paul, let me know protein stuff I can eat. Is there an alcoholic protein drink that I could have too? Or is Wait. that like, or is that like cross pollinating too much? Like, is that not something you, cause you said you put protein in coffee and I've never heard of that before. You never heard of collagen powder, vital no. proteins. It's collagen no. protein. Wait, what? No. What have you been doing? I don't do protein. I, no, but this is collagen. It's good for your hair, skin, and nails. Hello. Can't you see that I've been taking my collagen powder? What's up? I can't. What's up? No. Okay, so that's vital proteins. That's completely different than the protein that I'm taking here. But I'm telling you, I'm just going to send you a screenshot of the one I have. You mix it in water, and you're sneaky getting your protein in your diet. Fine, see, I'm anyway. an expert already. It's literally been two days with Paul, and I'm like, Steve, what is your protein intake? <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be uh, a complete transition for me. I'm going to be watching baseball. I'm going to be working out. I'm going to eat protein. These are three things that I never want to do, but I'm going to be doing them next Friday, apparently. So bring it on. But you know what, Steve? 2020 has been such an absolute shit show that you might as well just start doing things differently. You know, just shake it up. That's right. New year, new me, starting in mid-July. Well, I'm glad we got all of that out of the way because now it's time for the main event. We have done the pregame. Before we get started, I need to know about your coffee mug there. What's your mug? This is a... Uh... Premier League, obviously. <laughs> I got this for free. No big deal. NBD. So your coffee and mug could not be more you, okay? Premier League mug. You got some espresso working. I've got my collagen powder, a little bulletproof coffee with some oat mm. milk in it. And this mug, Steve, is an artisanal mug handmade by an artist here in St. Louis. <laughs> that is the most, Michelle. The, I thought you were going to say that was a heated mug because that would have been the only thing that could have been bougier, than more bougier than an artisanal mug. No. But yes, yeah, that is very on brand for you. It's I mean, a nice look at the mug. Look at the it, craftsmanship here. It kind of looks like fancy concrete in a good way, if that makes sense. So there's a store in St. Louis that sells all sorts of products made by artists in St. Louis. And this artist is a firefighter. During the day, he's thrown at the pottery reel at night, a ceramist at night. I've always kind of been into pottery because you watch those videos on Instagram and they look fun where you just kind of do your, the finger mold thing and there's, it's spinning on the table. Like I've always wanted to do, to do that as an activity, maybe as a date, but well, we obviously can't do it now, but I don't pottery seems kind of dope, underrated maybe. Why couldn't you do it now? I feel like that's a really great thing to do socially distance. You could be on one end, then you could get a wheel on the other end. That's true. But don't you have to, I'd have to go somewhere to do it. I don't even know if it's open. And if I didn't do that, I have to order one of these things. I don't really know if I'm that into it. So I don't know. I'm curious about pottery, not willing to go all in just yet. I just got a really disturbing vision of you and Maddie and Ghost where you're kind of sitting behind <laughs> her, instructing her through the pottery wheel. And I am Whoopi Goldberg, the third wheel always in your relationship. <laughs> <laughs> this is an accurate portrayal, if I'm being honest. Not trying to be too harsh, but yes. And it's okay. It's very welcomed. But you know what? If I'm Whoopi in this scenario, I'm okay with it. You know what I just recently found out? And this, I'll keep this quick. Did you know that Whoopi Goldberg and um, what's his name? He's got silver hair, good looking dude. Richard Gere? No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, what's his name? He's super famous. I love him as an actor. Harrison uh, Ford. No. Hold on. Is it Dermot Mulroney? Why can I not think of this guy's name? Is it Steve Carell in his later years? Because he is a silver fox. No, no. But you're going to know as soon as I say it. Is I'm bringing it up it on IMDb. Ted Danson. Ted Danson. Do you know that Whoopi Goldberg and Ted Danson were once married? No. Yes. I found that out literally last week and it blew my mind. Blew Whoopi my mind. Ted? Listen, 
I can't believe it. I love it. They got divorced, unfortunately. Uh, spoiler what? alert. Wait, why'd they get divorced? What's the problem? I don't know. Yeah, they're because they're too high. You know, they're too probably. You know, uh, Hollywood stars. We've talked about this. The Hollywood marriage rate has to be like five percent. I don't know success rate for long term marriage. I don't know. But anyway, they dated for a couple years. I didn't know that. That's wild. I love Ted Danson. I'm like embarrassed that I forgot his name because I do love Ted Danson. Name three things that Ted Danson has ever done. Bored to death. Uh, the Good Place. And I, don't, I feel like he's just in a bunch of random stuff, and I always think he's funny. So I don't know. So, so you I can't, guess you can't name. I, the third, I can't name what the you're third. Me. <laughs> Hold on, I'm on his IMDb page. Just How about Cheers, Steve? Cheers. I've never seen Cheers. Never seen it. Sorry. But I think if you're a, a huge Ted Danson guy, you would at least acknowledge that he was in Cheers. I don't know anything about. I couldn't tell you anyone that's in Cheers, so I don't. I don't know. But yes, that's the, that is that is the first thing that comes up on his IMDb. So maybe that's you, my bad. You, you can name at least one other person that was in Cheers because I've never seen Cheers and I know who's in it. No, I know what Cheers is and I probably know a lot of people in Cheers, but I have no idea who's in it. You could name somebody. I'd be like, oh, Kirstie I didn't know Alley. that. Kirstie Alley was in Cheers. I know who that is, but I, I didn't know she was in Cheers. I know nothing about Cheers. Nothing. It was in a bar, right? Wasn't that the whole point? Yeah. You want to go where everybody knows your name? Cheers. Yeah. We'll do TV shows that we haven't seen that we probably should have seen. Maybe we'll rank that on the next pod because there's a lot there as well. But nope, never seen Cheers. Sorry. Apologies. Wow. So Rudy, huge Ted Danson guy. Can't name three things he's been in. That is so on brand for you. I named two. Don't worry about it. All right, Steve. Well, the state draft may have been the most controversial thing we've ever done. I still have people coming up to me saying, you know what? I am with you in solidarity. Illinois, amazing pick. Steve, huge reach with Massachusetts. And I'm like, thank you for echoing those sentiments because I'm getting them all across the country. A lot of people, Steve, still really think that that was a terrible pick by you, but I digress. I mean, everybody thinks the Illinois pick was terrible except for you, so I digress. Let's go. Whatever. We're moving on. <laughs> moving on. Old news. <laughs> Old news. I won the state draft, but because we had so much fun doing the state draft and because it caused such heated debates across the country, so we thought we want to do another draft and we want to do one soon because we have episode 100 coming up and we want to start working some more guests into the podcast, et cetera. But we had the hardest time coming up with what to draft. You heard us on the last podcast. We thought, hey, you know what? Fruit draft. We've been talking about this for weeks. We're going to finally do the fruit draft. And then... This is unbelievable. I didn't even know this. You pointed this out to me, but our friend, Chris Long put in what was it, his Instagram story that he was ranking, he was tiering or ranking fruits, which is so on brand because I feel like you, me, Chris have a lot of things in common, but he thought of the fruit draft at the same time we thought of the fruit trap, but got to it first. So I'm sitting there, I'm going, damn, like the fruit trap is actually the perfect thing because fruit is such a stupid thing to rank, but people are going to be super passionate about it. So Chris Long got to it first. Shouts out to Chris, does great content on his podcast. So we had to think of something different. I don't know. Yeah, we literally had said, okay, this week, fruit draft, done. And I'm I had already put my list together. I'd already started putting stuff together. I knew cantaloupe, probably going to be higher than most people thought. Pineapple, tier one, easily. Uh, everybody hates honeydew. That's going to probably be last. But no, we got all done. Yeah, I'm laying there in bed. I'm going through some Instagram stories. And I see Chris promoting his exceptional green light podcast. And he's doing this video and he's like, listen, apples are trash. I'm ranking fruit on the podcast this week. And I'm like, son of a bitch, we cannot do the fruit draft the same <laughs> week that Chris is ranking fruit. So shout out to Chris, shout out to his pod. Just know that we respect your content game so much that even though we have teased 
a fruit draft. We said, you know what? We're going to pivot here because we can't do the same thing that Chris is doing. We just can't be doing the same thing that somebody else is doing. We had to call an audible. So I think we have something that's good. That's very good. I would have still loved to do fruit, but this is actually going to be fun. We can always circle back to fruit at some point, maybe a few months. But I mean, we were kicking so many things around and it's really tough to land on a topic that everybody can participate in and have takes in, but isn't too niche or isn't too difficult to break down because some of the things like we talked about a beer draft, right? But I like local beers. I like fruit beers and we're breaking down big national beers. I'm going to say, okay, Bud Light done, Blue Moon done. I'm not going Ylang Ylang or whatever. What? Ylang Ylang? What's it called? (laughs) Wait a second. What's that called? That beer? Yingling? Whatever. Ylang Ylang. (laughs) See? Wow. Uh, Yingling, oldest beer, I believe, in the country. I think it's brewed in Massachusetts. So shouts out Massachusetts. What's yeah. up? Uh, I'm just sorry for continuing, the disrespect. <laughs> continuing to add to the reason I took you so high in our state draft. What's it but called? Yingling? Yingling. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was something different. No, it's Yingling. I mean, listen, <laughs> if, if you don't know the term, I understand why, but I've never heard anyone call it Yiling Yiling. So shouts well, out to you. I'm not drinking it either. I mean, pass. I'm also no. passing on Sam Adams. But the beer drafting would be tough because you and I I don't really like Bud Light. I don't really like most of those. I don't like Bud. I don't like uh, Miller Light really that much. Coors Light, mm, Bush Light's okay. We're not, I'm not going to sit here and call us not basic, but I don't know. We drink craft beers. You like fruity beers. You know, I I like a good mixed drink here and there now more than a beer because beer kind of makes you feel like shit. So that was too hard of a category. Too hard. So what we settled on was a candy draft. Great call. (laughs) Great call. Because we have some hot takes on candy. I think we differ enough but are similar enough to where this could be a highly contested draft. I also, really quick too, I also have one that may, or we have to define what exactly candy is too, because I had my wife look at this and she looked at one of them and was like, this isn't candy. And I was like, yeah, it is. I think it's candy. So I will pick this one later and we'll have to decide whether or not it's actually candy or not. We also wanted to put some guardrails up to kind of keep us in line here because I feel like this could go on forever. It's not 50 states, right? We're not going 25, 25 each. So we're going to go, what, 15 picks each, Steve? 15 each. I think that's fair. And let's put, what do you think? 30 minutes on the clock? 25? I don't even think we need that much time. I think we could fly through this thing. I really do. How much time do you want on the clock? For the entire draft? Yeah, because I want pressure applied. I want... I would say 10 minutes. I think we should fly through this. 10 minutes. All right, done. I don't even know if we'll get there because I'm going to sit here and I've got my list ready to go. I've only written down 23 names. I know where I'm going. I don't even know if you're going to have a lot of these down. So I'm interested to see how much overlap there is because I don't know if you're a strictly chocolate person, if you're like a hard candy person, which I don't know why you would be. We'll get to that in a second. So I don't know. 10 minutes seems fine to me. Okay, so... 10 minutes on the clock. 10 minutes. I will set the timer. Rapid fire. Since I went first last time, you get first overall pick this time, and then I get picks two and three, we go back to you, and then it's every other through number 15, correct? Exactly. Exactly. And I'll be keeping track here so I know, so there aren't any overlaps. So here we go. I got the first pick. Ready to go? All right. Three, two, one, go. All right. With the first pick... In the small talk, the official small talk candy draft, the, I guess, Team Saruti, Group Saruti selects Kit Kats. Listen, Kit Kat is an elite candy. It's probably my favorite chocolate bar. It's up there with my favorite chocolate bar. 
and I think it's a really popular one. There are really no question marks about Kit Kats whatsoever. Everybody loves it. Elite from day one. Kit Kats first overall pick in the candy draft. What's up? Wow. So I expected you to falter off the bat. I didn't expect it to be that bad. Clearly a round two selection that you took with the number one overall pick. 100%. So I'm just going to go ahead and steal this one from you that you should have absolutely taken with your number one overall pick. With my first pick, the second overall pick, I'm going Twix. We're going Twix. Okay. Come on, Steve. What are you doing with a freaking Kit Kat? Okay, I had on my big board, I've got number one, which I'm not going to pick because I don't think you're going to pick it. Uh, I had Kit Kat two and I had Twix three. Big mistake. I wouldn't have gone Kit Kat until, I mean, in the teens, maybe. Man, all right. I may have screwed this up early. Damn it. <laughs> I'm not surprised, Steve. I've already been through one draft with you. Okay, so then it's my turn again. Yes. Wow. I am getting what would have been my other number one pick. I'm going Starburst, number two. Uh, great call, but not my favorite of the fruity gummy variety, but a good call. A Starburst is a really strong pick. I, honestly, you've diversified. You've got chocolate and you've got a sweet gummy one. I can't complain. Great first two picks by you. Thank you. Um, I'm going to do this then because I don't want this to be taken because I need a fruity gummy one. I'm taking Skittles with the fourth overall pick. Skittles are delicious. I actually had Skittles ranked just ahead of Starburst. So I'm okay that you took Starburst because Skittles is my number one juicy, chewy candy. Okay. Taste the rainbow. I respect it. All right. There's a lot of different things I can do here. But again, I'm strategizing based on what I know you like. So... I would be remiss if with my third pick. I did not go peanut M&Ms. Wasn't even on my board. Don't like them at all. So wow. you could have them. Nope. Wow. What kind of life have you been living? <laughs> you don't eat peanut M&Ms on a plane. I know it's no. Why on a plane specifically? I mean, if they're a in a, treat. if they're in like a trail mix or something like that, or a mix, whatever, I'll eat them. But I don't buy a, I don't buy bags of them. That's so, that's super weird. I think M&Ms as a whole, super overrated. Classic M&Ms. Yes. Not for me. Peanut M&M seeds, they're bigger. They provide the crunch. You feel like, hey, I'm getting some nuts in my life, so it's a little healthy. I know it's all the not. dudes listening are going to pull <laughs> that out and isolate Hey, peanuts, it. protein. What's up? There you go. Good for you. Is there protein in peanuts? I think so, right? And there, there's protein in peanut butter. That's why people eat it. But again, not a nutritionist, so I wouldn't take, my, I wouldn't take anything I say, actually. I take that back. There probably isn't. Okay, uh, go ahead. Okay. See, oh, now you throw me off because I actually thought you would like Kit Kats and now I'm kind of left stuttering like a boxer who just took a hit to the face. Um, man, I'm going to go with a classic, an absolute classic because I just think I need this on my board and I think that you might have it. Hershey's bar with almonds. Now, the bloodlines are there. Hershey's bars are a classic candy bar. You had almonds, and that is easily a top five candy bar of all time. And it's got the nostalgia factor. It's classic. I think that you might want it. So give me the Hershey bar with almonds. I don't want it. I'm not making s'mores, and I don't need a Hershey's bar. So, wow, I am just going to completely humiliate you and take Reese's peanut butter cups shaped like Ugh. an egg because they're the best with the number four pick. Wow. That was such a steal by me. This draft is unbelievably amazing. Reese's, I mean, they're okay. I actually really like the thin ones, but nah, it's a good pick on you to pick the Easter egg ones because those are really good. They're better than the original ones. But Way better. I actually think Reese's are one of the most overrated candies there is. But I don't know. Maybe I'm alone on that island. Let's see here. Let's look at my big board. Again, I have my number one, one, my, the number one candy on my big board. I'm going to let it sit for a bit because I really don't think you're going to take this one. And if you do, then I might have to make a trade, but I'm going to sit here and try to get value out of this. I am going to take Sour Patch Watermelon. 
Oh, damn. They're, Good ab pick. they're absolutely delicious. They're by far the best of the Sour Patch variety. Now, I like Sour Patch Kids. They're okay. The original is always good. But the watermelon ones are to another freaking level. I used to eat those at the movies almost every time I went to the movies. I think I hit a home run. I think there's great value there with Sour Patch Watermelon. That is the first pick you've made. That's something that was on my big board. By the way, we're at five minutes, so we better hustle. Okay. You might not have this on your board, but I'm going mystery flavored airheads. Ooh, okay. Well, that's interesting because I have airheads on my big board, but not, the, not a specific flavor. Mystery is the best. It's white. You don't know what it is. You have the debate with your friends. You divvy it up. You say, all right, you take a bite. You take a bite. I'm getting a hint of strawberry. Someone else is like, I don't know. It could be more cherry. So... Yeah, but I, I have a problem with this, though. Airheads. Does this mean I can take airheads, though? Because I feel no. like you either have to take all airheads or no airheads. You can't no. take a flavor. No, you can go flavor. But I just think with all the candy on the board and the time running out, that if I already have mystery airheads, why would you want some I sort want of flavor? cherry or blue uh, raspberry. Those are my two favorite ones. Okay, well, you can pick it if you want, okay. but I would advise you to hurry. Okay, all right, here we go. Uh, that's a good one. I'm going to uh, go ahead and pick this one. This might be a little bit controversial, but another amazing, amazing movie candy, Raisinets. And again, a little bit of healthy, dried fruit in there, Raisinets, elite candy, delicious. Steve, I would rather eat celery than eat Raisinets. <laughs> and then you're incredibly wrong, because Raisinets are delicious. Raisinets are disgusting. Delicious. Wow. I can't believe that you would use raisinets in a candy draft. I mean, what are you, 105? Uh, they're delicious. I don't, that's all I could tell. Now, that wasn't my one that is a debatable candy. I have a different one uh, a little bit later that we'll get to because some people would say, oh, if it's got raisins in it, it can't potentially be a candy. No. Raisinets are a candy. It's delicious. It may be a little bit old school, but it's an elite candy. Okay. I am going international, Steve. I want the Kinder Bueno bar. Uh, have you ever had it? I've had it's, it. It's, it's great. It's good. I think it's a little overrated. It's good. I think it's one of those things where like, it's like European basketball players when they're prospects coming into the draft. You don't know a lot about them. You just heard about Bueno bars and you're like, oh my God, like Bueno bars. That looks so delicious. European. Oh, it's intriguing. It must be mysterious. And then you actually have one and you're like, it's good, but I think I'd rather have a Kit Kat or a Twix every day of the week. You've got the milk chocolate element. You've got the wafer inside. The way that it's shaped, it's very breakable. So you can have little bite-sized pieces of it. I'm going Kinder Bueno bar and it was a good pick. It's a good pick, uh, probably decent value there as well. I can't knock it that much, but I had it on my board, but I had it much lower. Uh, okay, my next pick, let's take a look at the big board here. I've got a couple things still really high on my big board. Uh, man, see now based on what I've already picked and your reaction to it, I wonder if you like anything on my list. So I'm just <laughs> going to go ahead and take this one, Almond Joy. Absolutely delicious. Not mounds, not mounds. You need the almonds. I mean, if you could tell here, I'm a big almond guy. I love almonds. Almond Joy. The coconut in the middle, the nougaty coconut, absolutely delicious, but you need the crunch with the almond. My thing is, if there were more almonds, it would be probably the number one candy bar on my board, but they only give you like one or two almonds, depending on the size. Almond Joy, still a really good candy bar. I'll take it here, but judging by your reaction, you don't seem to like that one either. Yeah, Steve. So I think it's an interesting strategy for you to take the Halloween bucket of candy, dump it over, and select the things that no one else wants, because... I would I can't trade, I would give you all my Almond Joys and all my mounds for anything. I literally would give it away for free. I wouldn't even try to barter with you on Halloween. I would say, you want the Almond Joys? That sucks. Uh, Take them. Okay, Let's, as we keep going, because there are plenty of other Halloween candies that I feel that way about, but I don't want to reveal them because I don't want to give it away. So hopefully we get to them in a little bit. But I think Almond Joys, I feel like people agree with me on this one. 
delicious, delicious candy and probably right around the 10th pick in the draft. You're mispronouncing disgusting. I know you're saying mm. a D word. Disgusting is the word you're looking for here, Steve. Incorrect. Okay, so, wow, I have – I don't think we're going to have time for 15 picks. We only have a minute left. We have, we're not even at – do you want to add time to the clock? Yeah, we'll add time. We're fine. We'll get to 15. Okay, so then let me pause this. Let me pause the timer because it's giving me anxiety to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, wow, I still have so many things available. I think I'm going to get almost everything that I want here. Okay, Steve, with my seventh pick, because I am now in the fitness world, I'm going with a great low-fat snack. We're going Twizzlers. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Twizzlers are disgusting. Licorice is disgusting. That is the Illinois at four pick of this draft. Twizzlers are the one thing in a Halloween candy box that you never – I would trade those for anything else. They're the worst. They're the bottom of the barrel. I'd rather throw them out than eat them. What is wrong with you? Twizzlers are the best, whether it's a pull and peel, a classic Twizzler, whether it's the, uh, oh, the little nibs, amazing. And again, guilt-free, low-fat snack in the candy aisle. I can't believe you don't like Twizzlers. And I'm not talking red vines here, okay? Red vines, not totally my different. jam. Yeah. Totally different. Classic Twizzlers, I feel like this was a steal for me at seven. I think I'd rather have a red vine than a Twizzler, even though I don't like either of them. I think they're both bad. I think licorice in general is terrible. So you really clearly dropped the ball here uh all right let's do this one because i'm gonna take one that this is a little bit of a bougie candy and i think i'm gonna take it because i'm afraid you might take it turtles turtles are delicious now do you have your wait judging by your reaction do you not know what that is it's got uh caramel on the inside right pecans caramel chocolate it's a little bit weird a little bit expensive a little bit bougie I figured it would be on your board. Doesn't look like it is. So maybe I made a misstep here. Turtles, though, they're so good. And it's one of the most unique candies because not a lot of candy bars have pecans in them. Two things here. One, when you said bougie, I thought for sure you were going for Rero Rocher. Um, not a fan. I think they're really overrated. I think they're great. But, I mean, clearly better than turtles. No. And no, no. Uh, secondly, I see your strategy here. Just like the state draft where you chose all your states based on foliage, you're choosing any candy that has nuts in it. Listen, protein. I guess I do like protein. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I am super healthy. I don't know. I mean, what is it with your forest obsession? Like if there's leaves or nuts or something you can find generally in the outdoors, you're going to pick it. In my super hipstery, I picked all the states with foliage in them. And, I, and all of my candy bars, for the most part, have either nuts or dried fruit in them. What's your next selection? Trail mix? Yeah, like kale <laughs> chips. What's up? <laughs> What's up? You're like, does kale fall in the candy? Dried mango? Does that fall in the candy bracket? Yeah. Okay. What is this? My eighth pick. Yeah. I'm going Swedish fish. Eh, good one. Good. Swedish fish to me, way better than Twizzlers. Way better than Twizzlers. All right. You're up. All right, that Swe one's simple. Swedish I fish, really I, Swedish fish. I had it on my big board, but it was pretty far down the list. Um, okay. Looking at my stuff right now here. Let's take a look. Uh, so you already took airheads, which is a bummer because I feel like I wanted the rest of the airheads. But I'll do this. Let's go with, let's go with pretzel M&M's. So the way that you like the way that you like uh, peanut butter M and M's, I think pretzel M and M's are the best M and M's. I don't really like the caramel ones. I don't really like the peanut butter ones. I don't really like the dark chocolate ones. I'm, what else? The varieties of M and M's. There's a million different things you can pick now that are like filled with stuff. But I think totally. the, the best of them, the best of them, is the pretzel M and M. For whatever reason, I'm not even that big of a pretzel chocolate guy. Although I'll get to that a little bit later. I don't know why pretzel M and M's to me are the best version of chocolate and pretzels together. Okay, Steve. So what is this? Num pick number nine for me? For, yep. Okay, yeah. I'm going to do this here. With my ninth pick, we're going a little outside the box, and we're going Tootsie Pops. Explain your reasoning. 
because it's a candy that has a duality. You've got the hard candy on the outside, the Tootsie Roll on the inside. And unless you're kind of a psychopath, you don't chomp through it. So it lasts longer than a typical candy bar would. You enjoy it longer. Just like the owl says, Steve, how many licks does it take to get to the center? Or Lil' Kim, I guess, says that too. But shout out Lil' Kim. Also, I want to make a clarification. I want the grape Tootsie Pop too. We're going specific flavors. I want the grape Tootsie Pop. I don't like that you're taking flavors. I feel like you're cheating by doing this. You're taking the mystery airheads, and then I can't take any other airheads. Now you're taking one flavor of Tootsie Pop. I think when you take that, you take the variety. When you buy Tootsie Pops, you buy them in that bag, and there's like a million different flavors in there. I'm not a big hard candy guy, so I would have probably never taken that. I do like the versatility. That's a good point. It is a versatile candy, probably one of the most versatile candies on the board, so you have to give it credit for that. But I like the inside more than I like the outside. Okay, well... I mean, you're only mad about the grape comment because you know that's the best one. Actually, I don't really like grape flavored anything. What are the, what they it have like, like grape? They have strawberry, right? I think strawberry yeah. is typically the one that I go for. Do they have a cherry? Want. Cherry sounds about right too. But yeah, cherry, anyway. orange. They have all sorts of stuff. All right, let's do this here. Uh, this is what my this is my ninth pick, I believe. Um, this is gonna be maybe a controversial one. And I don't even actually know how to pronounce this. I don't know if it's trolley or trolley. I think it's trolley. But you know the sour worms that come in that black bag? Put that on Team Saruti. I love those things. They're delicious. If you eat too many of them, though, it's kind of a weird experience for you. But I think a limited sample size, it's a very, very good candy. That's a good pick by you. We don't know how to pronounce the brand, but we know that the gummies are delicious. <laughs> yeah, they are delicious. True story. Another That's really funny. good movie, uh, movie snack. Oh, for sure. But you're right. You can... OD on those super quick. The one I picked before, Sour Patch Kids, it's tough to eat a lot of those too because it messes with your mouth, it changes your taste buds. You got to be careful. But if you have like a, just a handful, maybe like five to 10, you're good to go. Yeah, if you ate that entire package, it's like the inside of your mouth disintegrates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the sugars, the the sour sugar stuff, I don't know. You got to be careful with that. Okay, my 10th pick. Let's run through these last five here. Okay, this I think might be my most controversial pick of the entire draft. Uh oh. As a Midwestern girl, Steve, grew up loving, and I mean loving, going to a parade. I want Fruities. Wait, I got to Google this because I don't even know what that is. They're the little Tootsie Rolls that are fruit flavored. You only can get them at a parade. Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, I only actually like one flavor, though, the cherry one, I think, right? Is, uh, that, is that a flavor? They're all, they're all great. So weird story. I'm very superstitious. And last year during the Blues playoff run in the press box, they had a big glass jar filled with fruities. And so I would put them in a little plastic cup and I would stress eat fruities in the press box during the Blues run at every home game. And so it became a thing where I was like, oh my God, where are the fruities? And at one time I thought that they didn't have them and they brought them out later in the game. And I was like, thank God, because we would have lost the game. That's a good pick by you, even though I only like one flavor, but you're right. And I, I didn't even realize that. I guess you only do get those in pinatas or, at, as you said, at carnivals or at parades, because I don't think I've ever seen those in a store. No. And I'm a drunk shopper. Like if I go out and have a cocktail or two. You I get drunk like, and go to stop and shop. <laughs> no, no. I'll just come home and Google something and then I'll buy it. And one time I woke up and I had on my phone, I opened up my phone and I had Amazon pulled up and I almost bought a huge bag of fruities. It was like a $20 massive parade route bag of fruities. And I was like, thank God I did not buy this. I can only imagine that showing up to my door and me being like, well, now I've got to eat all of these. If I buy something, there's a good chance I would eat it. So it would be dangerous if, if that was in my house. I would probably have eaten those in probably two weeks. Yeah. 
And they're so small, so that doesn't you don't feel guilty eating them. That's true. That is true. All right, uh, let's do this. My next one here. Let's look at the old big board. <sighs> okay, let's have this discussion. I've already picked a pretzel-based candy, but I want to pick another one, and I want you to tell me whether or not this counts as a candy. You know the Flips covered chocolate pretzels? If it comes in a bag and you get them in the chip aisle, it doesn't count as a candy. Oh, see, I don't know if it I'm comes gonna in the chip aisle. I don't, does it come in the chips aisle? I don't know. It does. It's just a chocolate-covered candy, but it's, it's, no, a it's, a it's a full pretzel, but it's chocolate-covered. So that does not count. I can't pick that. So your pretzel M&M pick... The base is more chocolate than it is pretzel. This pick, the base is more pretzel and carb than it is chocolate. Therefore, it is not a candy. Interesting. Okay. So I have to take it off my big board. Doesn't count. So you and Maddie both agree. I guess I disagree, but I've been overruled here. So I guess I can't take it. All right. Let me take another gummy one then, because this is another high one on my uh, big board. I'm going to go Laffy Taffy. But Damn it. with the caveat, every flavor other than banana. Banana is disgusting. It's actually terrible. One of my least favorite candies of all time. But cherry, strawberry, uh, I think they have a watermelon one as well. Laffy Taffy's are delicious. That's a great pick. Great pick by you. That was uh, something that I was certainly eyeing towards a later round because I didn't think that you would take it. Okay. Um, we've been talking about movie snacks. So I, with my 11th pick, I'm going Reese's Pieces because the ultimate play at the movie theater is to get a bag of popcorn, get a thing of Reese's Pieces, and you eat both simultaneously. You go a little Reese's Pieces, a little popcorn, you've got your sweet, your salty, you wash it down with a Diet Coke, boom, you're done. I'm enjoying the movie. So Reese's Pieces for the movie experience alone is my 11th pick. Interesting that you do that. You've picked two different Reese's products and you haven't even picked the best Reese's product. So I'll actually pick the best Reese's product right here in my next pick in the draft. The Reese's Fast Break Candy Bar. It is better than regular Reese's. It is better than the little mini ones that come in the wrap thing. It's better than Reese's. By the way, I think Reese's pieces are incredibly overrated. I don't think they're good at all. But the Reese's Fast Break Bar, it's basically a, a candy bar with Reese's chocolate peanut butter, but it's got nougat in the center of it. And it makes Ugh. it completely, completely transform the candy bar. It is an elite one. It is the best of all of the Reese's products. And I feel like a steal getting it with the 11th pick. Steve, you would like candy bars with nougat in them. You would be pro-nougat. I, I love it. I love it. And I, again, I still haven't even taken the one on my, the number one candy item on my big board. I haven't even which, taken it. Which means it's probably disgusting and no, that I wouldn't want it. And everyone's going to say, Steve, that was a terrible take. Nope. So, okay. I'm going to just pick a fan favorite here. I'm going Butterfinger, number 12. Ugh. Speaking of Halloween candy that I give away, Butterfinger. I'll take it. Butterfingers are delicious. A little crunch. I don't even know what's on the inside of Butterfinger, but you can't replicate it on any other candy. It gets stuck in your teeth, and then you got to pick it out with your fingers. It is one of the messiest candy bars because, again, it all that it's all this weird hardened sugar that gets stuck in your mouth. Ugh, overrated. Very overrated. Very. I feel good. like that's also a very old person candy. Old people like Butterfingers. What are you talking about? You selected an almond joy. That's a good point. That's a good point. But I'm an old soul sometimes. So I guess I'm being hypocritical here. NBD. Yeah, you are. Don't come at me with your elderly takes, Almond Joy. I'm wondering if I should let my number one pick on the big board here last all the way to the last pick. I think I should. I just have to let it ride, right? Because yeah. it, you haven't picked it so far. I don't think you're going to pick it. So I'll do this. Give me a take five. Take fives are awesome. Pretzel, peanut butter, caramel, peanuts, chocolate. It's basically a five-tool candy bar. I mean, I can't believe I got it this late. Give me take five. Is that why they call it Take Five? Probably, yes. Clever. You're very intelligent. Okay. Yeah, you know what? Fun fact. Little known fun fact. They call it Take Five because it's a five-tool candy bar. <laughs> it, only, it only took me describing it to you for you to figure it out, but I hadn't figured it out in my head yet. Good time. No, I bet it's because it has five things in it, right? Yeah, it's that's probably Chocolate, why, but... pretzel. Caramel, no, peanuts, caramel. 
Pretzel. Wait, you probably go. named pretzel. Whatever. I named it before. We're good. You have never had one? Um, I've had like a bite of one and was oh, awesome. crazy underwhelmed. As you crazy can see, I'm a big pre- I love a good pretzel chocolate combination. Honestly, you have the most boring candy picks of all time. You're totally like, oh, it's got a little healthy nut option, a little bit of a salty pretzel in there. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, can we get just straight sugar in a sucker form? That's what I want. Okay. So I've got what? Three picks left? Yep. We each have 12. Okay. I'm going to go with my 13th pick, Steve. I'm going peanut butter Snickers. Uh, okay. Interesting that neither of us have picked Snickers so far. Snickers are okay. I know yeah. they're saying if you're hungry, grab a Snickers, but if I'm hungry, I'm certainly not grabbing a Snickers. I'm just being candid. I don't even know anyone who eats an entire, like a full size Snickers bar. I only eat them in the mini one. Have you ever gone to a supermarket or whatever, or like a gas station and bought a full size Snickers bar and ate it? Who is that person? Yeah, tweet us if you buy a full-size Snickers bar. But when's the last time you went to a gas station and you bought a full-size candy bar, period? That's a good point. Uh, The only time I would get full-size candy bars is when Little Leaguers would come with that box and they would get like a dollar for That's the only time. But I was forced to basically buy it because I felt bad. Other than that, I don't think I've ever bought a full-size candy bar. Because you only, it's either Halloween or you get them in bags, like big bags. Right. Or if you're going to the gas station and it's a road trip, you're getting the Sour Patch watermelon or you're getting corn nuts or you're getting something that's, there's a lot of them in a bag so that you can just kind of snack as you go. You're not like, oh, wow, I'm going to really slam into the Snickers right now as I'm driving to Chicago. I will say, do you remember though, when you were growing up, the houses that gave out full-size candy bars? Because I do. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I remember there was a house that would give out full-size candy bars and like bottles of, of soda, Mountain Dew, Coke, or they would, it was insane. We get it. You guys have money, NBD. Wow. So we talked earlier about you as a dad, as a dad, Zaruti, full-size candy bars on Halloween. No, no, that's a, that's a hard-o move. You're showing off too much. Yeah, the, it's fun size. That's all we do. And honestly, now, because we have a house, but we don't live in like a neighborhood with a bunch of kids, we get like three of them. So we end up buying a bag of candy and then we just eat it ourselves. Right. Okay, so I think it's your selection. It is my selection and what we have. I have three left. Okay, Uh, I'm going to go another classic one here. And you're probably going to make fun of me for this, but I feel like I'm going to capture a lot of old souls here. I'm going to go traditional Hershey's Kiss. It's a great pick-me-up in the middle of the day. I love it. I don't actually like pure chocolate, especially chocolate bars, but it's small enough where like it's just the the perfect amount of sweetness where it's not overwhelming, but it satisfies your craving. I'll go regular traditional Hershey Kiss. I'm glad, Steve, that you got a Hershey's chocolate bar with almonds and also a Hershey's Kiss. Called versatility. What's up? Look it up. Hershey's Kisses are... Hershey Kisses are like decaf coffee. It's like, what the hell's the point? Uh, well, I don't know. I'm just trying to like maintain figure, keep caloric intake low. And Hershey Kiss is a perfect way to satisfy your, your sweet tooth craving. Oh, I'm sorry, Steve. I didn't realize that you were... We're not binge eating all these things. <laughs> I didn't realize when we went with our candy selections here. This we what, hold on. Staying this- right and tight. This wasn't the small talk binge eat candy draft. It was just the candy draft. It doesn't mean you have to eat like a hundred of them or like a giant size candy bar. It could just be one. Yeah, but you know, I'm going to reveal something to you. All of these things on our list, not great for your figure. Not great. So if we're doing a candy draft, I'm not selecting Hershey's Kisses because it's a bite size and it's not going to stick to my ass, okay? I'm, I'm taking Starburst because they taste good. Okay, but those two pack of Starburst that you get for Halloween candy, that's probably like the equivalent of a Hershey Kiss, right? And that's very satisfying. I don't have to eat 20 Starbursts to feel like I enjoyed a Starburst. Right, but I'm getting two flavors and I'm getting two things that I like. Okay, it's Steve, 
with candy. It's, is the juice worth the squeeze? Okay. And it's, I don't care what the calories are going to be because I know they're empty calories. It's sugar. Does it taste good enough for me to justify eating it? But that brings, brings up a good point. The problem with Starburst though, Michelle, is that two of the four flavors are bad. Orange and lemon are not good. So if you're not getting a red flavor, then you're kind of shit out of luck. This is such a rookie move by you, Steve. You clearly know that you mix and match. You go one pink, you go one yellow, and it's a pink lemonade. I mean, no, I know. Well, I know you can do that, but orange is terrible. I don't even really eat the orange ones and lemon's okay. But if you're not getting the elite ones, we know are pink and red. So if you don't get pink and red, then it's actually not that great. You can also buy Starburst in the pack Fave Reds. You can just get the whole Fave Reds pack. That's true, but that's being selfish. Anyway, you're up. (laughs) It's being selfish. You (laughs) bought it for yourself. We have two picks each left, right? Two picks? Yeah, two picks. All right. Okay. Stressful. I've got some things on my board here. I have Twizzlers. I have Swedish Fish. I have Airheads. I have kind of the chewy, fruity candy. You know what? I'm doing this with my 14th pick. This is my mom's favorite candy. And growing up, they would sneaky be around the house and I grew to love them as well. I'm going Rolos with my 14th pick. Not a favorite of mine. Rolos are the ones with caramel on the inside, right? Right. I feel like caramel can't be the star of the show. If it's mixing with like a couple other ingredients, it's okay, but it can't be one of two main ingredients. You're picking candies where pretzels or nuts are the star of the show. At least I'm choosing well, something with, that has sugar as the star of the show. Pretzels and nuts are delicious, so I'll, I'll rest my case there. Um, all right, to combat your, you taking, uh, what, what was the pops you took? You took, what were they called? Uh, Tootsie Pops. Yeah. I'm going to take Blow Pops because I feel like I need to diversify the portfolio and also have a very like, versatile type candy. And I like Blow Pops better than Tootsie Pops anyway. And they have gum on the inside, which is an awesome way to finish a candy bar or, or any sort of candy. They've got sour apple, watermelon, cherry, strawberry, grape. All of the flavors are delicious. Whereas Tootsie Pops, I actually only think a couple are good. Give me Blow Pops. and I feel like that's a steal late. It was on my big board. I'm not going to lie. But I went, if I had to choose suckers, I thought... Tootsie Pops were the better selection over Blow Pops because at least I can enjoy the Tootsie Roll Center and swallow it. With Blow Pops, you're going to get to the center and it's gum. You chew it three times and it tastes disgusting. You have to spit it out. Yeah, that's fine though. But here's the thing is that the pop itself adds so much flavor to the gum that it's this explosion of flavor in your mouth and then it goes away. But I don't want to chew that for that long anyway. So I just spit it out. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Okay. So this is my last pick then, huh? All right, go ahead. Because I already have mine. I have three things to select from three things that I would be pleased with one. I really want, but I have something similar already on my team. Another one is good, but again, kind of similar. So, you know what, as I'm talking through this, I'm just going to go with the candy that I don't have anything like it on my team. And I feel like you're going to hate this pick, but I'm going to love it. And that's all that matters. With my 15th pick, Steve, I take Junior Mints. Oh, mint and chocolate's a terrible flavor. Hate it. Junior Mints are great, and they're also a sneaky great movie snack. They are a classic movie snack, but I don't like any chocolate mint. I don't like mint uh, chocolate chip ice cream. I don't like like Junior Mints. Anything chocolate and mint combination, nah, not for me. No peppermint patties? Not peppermint patties. Uh, What's the... Yeah, pep- yeah, no, no. York, York. York, pe- yeah, York peppermint patties. Not not for me. I don't want that too. I don't want those two flavors combining. I like both of them. I love mint and I love chocolate together. Not a good marriage. See, Steve, I'm thinking about young 
when you're at the movies with a girl or a boy or with someone you like, <laughs> eat a little junior mints, maybe you're doing a little smooching in the movie theater, at least then you're going to be minty fresh. Sounds like you're talking from personal experience there, Michelle. What's up? I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's not the worst play. <laughs> it, it you're, you're right. You're right. It, it gives you a little bit of sweep. It also doesn't make your breath stink if you're looking to get some action a little bit at the movies. But come on, we're far beyond that. And plus, again, those two uh, flavor combinations, hard pass for me. You're like, I am married. I don't need to worry about this anymore. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat what I want. Um, okay. The Mr. Irrelevant, the pick, the final pick in the small talk candy draft. It is the number one rated thing on my big board oh I, wow i figured you were not going to take this because i just don't think most people most people really really sleep on this candy because i don't think most people even had it but if you've had it once it is super addicting it's old school it's very simple but it is awesome michelle have you ever had a charleston chew you're gonna sell oh, hold on now you're not only selecting a charleston chew this was number one, number one on, on my your big board, big board. yep best candy there is. It's delicious. I have converted my wife. She had never had a Charleston Chew before she met me and now she loves them because they are delicious. They do come in chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry flavors, but the vanilla one is really the best one. Essentially, it's a vanilla sort of wafer marshmallowy thing. It's not marshmallow though because it has a better consistency and it's just surrounded by chocolate and it's incredibly chewy. And whether you get the big long ones or the little bite-sized ones, I will put a Charleston Chew up with any candy. It is the best candy that's out there. It's old school. I think it originally was made in like the 1920s and it has withstood the testament of time. Charleston Chews, number one on my big board and I got them with the last pick in the draft. I'm kind of concerned about your childhood, Steve, that you're eating <laughs> things that are nut-based and Charleston Chews as your candies of choice. Have you ever had one? Yes, and I think they're fine. Oh, they're delicious. They are perfect. They are perfect. And the, as an adult, I don't even think I really ate them a ton as a kid. The older I've gotten, they become my favorite candy. I don't know why. Maybe my palate has sort of matured where yours, I guess, has apparently stayed when you were age five. But a good Charleston chew, there's nothing more satisfying than that. You know, I think as you get older, the one thing that doesn't have to mature is your palate for candy. <laughs> I think it's kind of the whole point is to eat candy and feel like you're a kid, to feel like you're cheating on your diet, to splurge. I don't need to say, oh, a little Hershey Kiss, this is diet friendly. Oh, a Charleston Chew, I have a mature sugar palate. That's not the vibe I'm going for if I'm going to eat candy, Steve. But here's the thing. It's like a good playlist. You got to have highs and lows, right? My entire list, my roster of candies that I've drafted, it checks off every box. It checks off a fruit box with the dried... Um, dried grapes with obviously raisins for raisinettes. Oh. I've got gummies in Sour Patch Watermelon. I've got nuts with almonds in the Hershey's Bar. Um, I've got pretzel. I've got Kit Kat. I've got nougat with both Charleston Chew and the Reese's Fast Break. I feel like I have covered every single category there is for candy. I even got the hard flavored candy, which I don't even really like, but I think I got the best one in Blow Pops. So you're right. Like you went all the candies you indulge and you eat when you're a kid because you just want a sugar high and you want to feel that way. But mine is a much more diverse palette of a bunch of different categories and things that you can enjoy at different points of your life. I would put my list up there and I honestly think I won this draft. I'm glad that you went with the diversity selections while I stuck with what tastes good. I mean, I think all of mine tastes good. So I don't, who knows? Although I will say Tootsie Pops, very overrated for you. I still don't like that you took mystery airheads alone. I feel like you have to take <laughs> airheads as in general. I'll I take them all, but I don't you know dislike, mystery is the best. I don't dislike your list, but I look at your list and I go Junior Mints, Butterfingers, instantly get them out of here. Don't want any part of it. Twizzlers, terrible. Probably going to be very hit or miss. There are some people that like Twizzlers. It's a very controversial and polarizing candy, but I'm just on the wrong side of that. I look at your list and I see four to five things that I wouldn't even touch. 
all I need to know about your list is that not only did you pick Charleston Chews, but that you thought it was a judicious decision to take Hershey's Kisses and a Hershey's Chocolate Bar with almonds. It's essentially the same thing. You've got the same thing with the nuts in it. It's totally different. They're totally different. And there's a reason I took the almond ones high because it drastically makes that candy bar amazing. Can I tell you the other things left on my big board quickly? Yes. I had peach rings. You know what I'm talking mm, about? Yeah. I haven't had them in a while, but I don't remember loving them. They're great. Saltwater taffy. I, I had on my list. Love me a little saltwater taffy. Maybe it's growing up going to the beach in New Jersey, but I love a saltwater taffy. And this is the one I really wanted, but I got Starburst with my first pick. Mambas. I wanted mambas in the rotation. I don't think I know what a mamba is. What? No. Yeah. Hold on. Let me look it up. M-A-M-B-A? Yeah, Mambas. It's in a long pack. It's essentially like Starburst, but they're not as strong flavor-wise as a Starburst. I've never heard of this in my entire life. Wow. Again, this must be, must be a Midwest thing. concerned about your childhood. I will say I'm proud of us for not taking any, what are they, the Sweeties? Because those are terrible. There are so many terrible candies, um, and Sweeties are right up there. I mean, I don't really like many hard candies at all. Like anything that you have to suck on, ugh, no, that's going to be a no for me. Sweeties are right up there. So I'm proud of us for not taking anything like that. We basically stuck to mostly chocolate and mostly gummy things. There's a lot of very traditional candies we left off the list. No mention of Milky Ways. Terrible. Uh, tradi- traditional Snickers we kind of dissed. Yeah. Uh, a what a whatchamacallit not in the conversation. Baby Ruth. Maybe, we, we didn't ugh. pick either. Uh, Payday we didn't take. I don't really like any of those, but those are very traditional ones that I just I don't want any part of. How I can you not like Payday, Steve? It's not heavy. I uh, trust me. I got I got nuts covered in, in my <laughs> list. Don't worry. I don't need I don't need any more nuts in my candy list. We got we got all the good ones covered. But uh, what's another one? Milky Ways to me are actually awful. Three Musketeers, terrible. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, I yeah. would argue maybe the worst candy bar there is. Well, that was fun, even though it was a bit contentious. I like all of my selections. I hate all of your choices except for essentially two. So. I don't know, Steve. Put together the list. We'll tweet it out. We'll put it out on Instagram and we'll let the people decide. If I could have gone back and redone anything, I would have taken Twix number one. I thought you were going to be a Kit Kat girl, but you're not. So I screwed up. But I, other than that, love my list. Yeah. I cannot believe you didn't go Twix number one Kit Kat. I mean, think about if it gets even a little bit melty. It's disgusting. Uh, some would argue that's actually better. But anyway, clearly you just don't, you're not on board. Well, here's the real question before we head to a review. Do you break them off or do you eat it like a monster and take one big bite out of it? I mean, you described it. If you do that, you're a monster. If you don't break it off, that's so weird. That's like people that eat Hershey's bars that have the little breakable pieces and just take bites out of them. That's so weird. I don't know anyone that does that. And if you do, then I'm going to judge you for it. Sorry. 100% judgment. We'll see if even though we bickered a bit. It was fun. Let's head to a review. If you haven't already, please head to Apple Podcasts, search for Small Talk, subscribe to it, rate it, preferably five stars, and leave a review. Like our friend Hudat Ludat, who says, return listener, first-time reviewer, five stars. This pod is so slept on, genuinely funny, great off-the-wall content. Been a fan of Michelle since the Fastlane days. Wow, shout out Fastlane. I listen every day on 101 ESPN. Keep repping the loop proudly like I do. Yeah, I feel like there is, you are, if they were to do like a Miss St. Louis, would anyone even compete with you? Like there is no one. Even when you were at ESPN in Bristol, living in Hartford, just hating life, you were repping the loo at every chance you get. Despite the fact that I remember there was one uh, sports center anchor that I shall not name that I think to your face dissed the loo and you adamantly fought back and were like, no, St. Louis is my town. Here's why it's so great. And you almost, you almost sold me on it, but I actually haven't been there yet. So can I, I don't know, I guess maybe you didn't sell me enough. 
Well, Steve, I'm going to just say because of a global pandemic, that's the reason you haven't. You're right. Yep. You're right. I'll take that card and I'll leave. There you go. At some point, I will get to St. Louis at some point. But here's the thing, Michelle, definitely rep St. Louis. Obviously proud of you. And I don't know, we need to, there needs to be like a Miss St. Louis award because I don't know, you would be like the three-time reigning champion. (laughs) Um, Well, I am on the St. Louis Civic Pride Foundation board. So I guess that's kind of an award in itself. It checks out. They did give me a plaque. So. It checks out. All right. So that's basically like that. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think if there's any St. Louis specific candy that I let off the list, but I don't think so. Is there? I didn't even know. I didn't know there was a sp- other than no. beer. I don't know. Well, we have St. Louis style pizza. We have toasted ravioli. We have St. Louis beer. I'm going to let you know on a little secret though, really quick. What? Nobody outside of St. Louis knows what St. Louis style pizza is. That's okay. You don't need to. You know what, Steve? We talk about pizza. We talk about food a lot. Have I ever touted St. Louis style pizza to you? I think you've brought it up once before and I Googled it and I don't even remember what it is, which means it's probably not super memorable. It's one of those things that if you live here and you grow up eating it, you either like it or love it. I think it's okay. Like I like it, but I don't love it. If you're an outsider, you won't like it. Uh, But I'll give you credit here. Toasted Ravs are delicious, actually delicious. So shout, shout out to the Lou, as always. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> we'll get you here one day. Your sister is coming to visit. That's true. My sister is coming to visit you before I do. Well, I'm a terrible friend. It's okay. I forgive you because I only went back to Connecticut for your wedding. So it was a life-changing event that took me I, back to Connecticut. I promise you when you get married, I will be there. Oh my God, Steve, if you weren't at my wedding, I would be furious. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, but. I mean, you and Maddie is a dual package. Both of you have to be there. And if either one of you was like, hey, we can't make it, I'm like, yes, you're yeah, going to be there. That's the, Italian, that's the Italian in you. It's like, you're, you're cut off from my life. What no, if I had I'll a destination wedding though? What if I'm like, hey, I'm getting married in Italy. Would you come? Oh yeah. I mean, come on. If, <laughs> if you said, but if you were like, I'm, you know, I know you wouldn't do this, but if you were like, hey, I'm getting married at Disney World, I'd be like, ah. Oh. Do I really want to go to Disney? Like, I know I like Michelle, but mm, and I, but I know you wouldn't do that. So it's a, anyway, it's not a big deal. If I called you up, Steve, and I was like, Steve, I'm getting married, destination wedding. We've poured over different locations and we settled on Orlando. <laughs> Get Steve, you're going to love it. Epcot. <laughs> Steve, Steve, Steve. Hold on I'd be like, part. Michelle, are you being held hostage? Like, do you really want to do this? <laughs> Cinderella's castle, Steve. <laughs> yeah. You would be like, Michelle, blink twice if you're in Seriously. <laughs> I, would call, I would call the police immediately. Like someone is holding Michelle hostage. Like this is what's happening. Because <laughs> I know you too well. But You'd be like, I am alarmed. I am concerned. No, um, destination wedding though, I'm down. As long as it's not Disney World. We are approaching episode 100 next week. We've got a lot of fun things in the works. We've been thinking about this for a long time. I've already started on my homework, A-plus student, and listening to our old podcast, our very first podcast, and it is hilarious and horrific. Uh, you're going to hate it when you listen to it, but yep. you're going to laugh. It's, it's really funny. And we're working on some special guests. We want to bring back all of our favorite features. So we're going to do A-plus content. We're going to do Cool No One Cares. We want to do 10,000 Frogs. So again, if you have yes. any bad quarantine dates, send them to Saruti and I on Instagram. I'm at M Smallman. He's at Steve underscore Saruti, right, Steve? Yes. So send us your bad dates because we are going to do 10,000 frogs. And I don't know, are there any other features that we need to do? I guess we have time to think about it, but I mean, we have a week, Steve. So we got to kind of get this together if we want to make it a big deal. Did you say A plus content? Yep. A plus content. Yeah. Well, I have something in there for that for sure. And you're right. The one I'm most, that is most important is 10,000 frogs. So if you have something good, if, if someone tried to force you to break quarantine to hang out with them because they were that desperate, we want to hear from you. Send us the 10,000 frogs one because that's the one I think I miss the most. 
Yeah. I mean, we haven't done that in a long time, so I'm excited to bring that one back. And I'm sure there are a lot of people out there with some really weird dates because we've never been in this situation before. I can't even imagine what dating is like in the quarantine era. I have a friend who's done some FaceTime dates and that seems to be interesting. So we're really excited to bring episode 100 to you next week. We will be back in action then. But until then, Charleston shoes are disgusting. Wrong, but also enjoy Kit Kat. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.